Accept yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, your truths, and know what tools you have to fulfill your purpose. Steve Maraboli Hi everyone, welcome to Honey Butter Ramblings, a coming-of-age lifestyle podcast brought to you by Bailey and Anne. Join us Wednesday evenings for ramblings on professional development, outdoor adventures, creative projects, and more. Welcome back, Ramblers! I hope you guys are doing well on this wonderful Wednesday evening. Tonight it's going to sound a little bit different because Bailey is actually not here. She is currently chilling on the beach in Jamaica, and I'm so jealous because I wish I was on the beach with her right now. Um, it just snowed in Montreal yesterday, so I want warmth. But anyways, today we will be podcasting with Bailey 2.0, who you might recognize since he has been here on several of our podcasts. Joining us is the one and only Patrick J, and we will be talking about Clifton Strengths and the Myers Briggs test, which most of you have probably heard of because they have become quite popular for schools and in the workplace. So thank you again for joining us, Patrick, or I guess me today. Yeah. Uh, I know you've been here before, but for any new listeners, why don't you give us a quick introduction and maybe tell us how you know about these uh, tests? Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Patrick Jonassy. I am currently studying environmental engineering at CU Boulder, um, something I'm really passionate about with water and whatnot. But in regards to how I know about these tests, I actually work with both of them. Uh, in my career services job at, on campus. I work more with uh, Clifton Strengths as a peer strengths coach, which I'll get into later. Uh, but our office also works with Myers-Briggs and like taking that assessment as well. Nice. It's so cool. These tests are so interesting and it's great that they have it like implemented into the school system. But for um, people who aren't familiar with these tests, let's start with uh, Clifton Strengths. Can you kind of give us an expl explanation as to what that is? Yeah, I'll go for a little longer one uh, just to get some of the details through. But Clifton Strengths is a uh, 170 question long assessment, and I like to view it as a professional development tool rather than like a personality test, um, which is kind of more along the lines of Myers Briggs. Um, but this was a something developed by Gallup Incorporated that is used to help individuals kind of empower themselves um, to achieve excellence in their lives by looking at their top five strengths. And so they, uh, this assessment narrow has 34 different themes or strengths, and I'll use the terms interchangeably, that you could have um, in your top five, and they can be in different orders and everything like that. Uh, for example, my top five are input, maximizer, adaptability, harmony, and significance. Uh, and you might not know what those mean yet, but uh, I'll, we'll kind of learn along as we go. Uh, but overall, it's kind of maybe putting it in simpler terms. I think of it as a tool that really helps you understand yourself better and the people around you better. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one other component because uh, it is Clifton strength, so I always find it helpful to just uh, define what is a strength. So it's a strength is the combination of two different things. Uh, the first is talent, which is more or less the natural way you think, feel, and behave uh, in your environment. So this is behavior you might have seen in yourself as a child, or behavior that you might unconsciously be doing now. Uh, I also like to think about it as your potential. 
if you see a young uh, kid um, who's like really good at pitching for baseball and you'd be like, oh, wow, he's so talented. And so the goal with Clifton Strengths kind of focus in on that talent and add the second component, which is investment. So investment is this time you spend practicing, developing your skills and expanding your knowledge base around a theme or strength. And so if you combine these two, it forms a strength, which Gallup defines as the ability to consistently provide near-perfect positive performance. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. I really like the positive component of that definition because it is based around positive psychology because it's looking at, like, what, what, what if we focus on what's right with people instead of focusing on what's wrong? Because we're in a society that's very much, like, you're doing this wrong or, like, your behavior is wrong. Rather than be like, what are you actually doing well? Mm-hmm. Especially in school systems and everything like that. Yeah, that's so true. Like that is amazing. Um, it's I think it's I think encouraging people by telling them what they're doing right versus wrong is so much better. Mm-hmm. And like in the end, I feel like that that usually has better results too. Yeah, exactly. Especially with um, like trouble students, I think like going through the school system because we do have a very like the education style is like the same for every individual student but if you have one trouble student come up who's like oh maybe they're talking too much to people in class um figure out like oh how can we actually use that instead of just saying like no shut up let's move on (laughs) that's true because then that poor student just feels so bad Mm -hmm. that's great i really like the way that they um form like they developed their thing. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really look into that when I took the test. I kind of just like said what my um, top strengths were and then explained each strength, but like never really mm-hmm. thought about it. So, but we'll talk about that a little later. Sounds good. Um, now that you've mentioned uh, Clifton strengths, let's talk about Myers Briggs. So um, that one's more of a personality test, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I would. I would say Myers Briggs is much more of a personality assessment compared to Clifton strengths because the in my opinion the purpose and theory behind it is really kind of taking the random behavior uh you go about in your daily life and putting that into one of 16 different types um and then it also works on these spectrum scales which I'll describe later as well uh but even though it is a personality assessment, I think like Clifton Strengths, Myers Briggs can be great to kind of further explore and understand yourself, um, including like what are your likes, dislikes, strengths and weaknesses, um, and like compatibility when you look at yourself and like behaving in your environment. I like that one a lot. It's just so much fun. It's mm-hmm. I like that they give examples of like known people too so if you if yeah ramblers if you guys go take test you you'll get to see if your uh personality matches the one of like barack obama like mine does just saying <laughs> <laughs> which i can i can go into uh talking about the different spectrums um in this because with clifton strengths is tough because like i could describe all 34 themes but that would take quite a while <laughs> but my breaks is simple it lays it down to five different spectrums um which I can I can cover really fast. Yeah, that would be great. All right. Okay. So the first one is so Myers Briggs is reflected by a four or five letter kind of acronym or abbreviation 
um, in regards to your results from the assessment. And so this is why you'll often see people be like, oh, I am a ESTJ. And be like, what does that mean? So we'll kind of go, go through that. So the first letter is introversion versus extroversion. So this is probably what people are most commonly uh, associated with. This um, shows really how you interact with your environments and people. Um, with introversion, you are most likely de-energized by social interaction. Um, and maybe you are a bit more reserved. That doesn't necessarily mean you those behaviors are exact, though, because I know um, I, I definitely feel emotional drain when hanging out with a lot of people. Um, but I still, I still enjoy going out and spending time. Um, and then the other side is extroversion, which is often energized by social situations. So where an introvert would need to like go home and like read a book or like watch a podcast or watch a podcast, listen to a podcast, <laughs> um, to recharge for an extrovert going to the event would be the recharge. That makes sense. Uh, next one is observant versus intuitive. So this is S versus N. Um, and I kind of see this as how you like uh, view the world and process information. So observant I see is kind of like taking in the word itself. Like they're focusing on what's happening around them or has already happened. Um, they may be more practical um, versus intuitive is much more focusing on like novelty and future positive possibilities and kind of like open-mindedness and imagination um and that, that kind of mindset for the next one it is thinking versus feeling which is t versus f so for thinking folks are much more it's kind of like logic oriented for making decisions or in like coping with emotions um and kind of like seeing efficiency is more important than co cooperation as like a characteristic that you might see versus feeling is much more like sensitive and emotionally expressive. Um, so kind of like making decisions maybe more based on your emotions than on logic or maybe like focusing on that gut feeling um, instead of like thinking out like the pros and cons of each decision. And the last of the four letters is judging versus prospecting or perceiving. I think I've also seen it um worded this is kind of your ability to work and plan so judging is very much like we have a schedule that we're going to strict to or we have a to-do list that we're going through there's a lot of structure versus perceiving or prospecting is much more like flexible like my my schedule is open if something comes up i can improvise or adapt to whatever comes up comes comes up and then the last one is this one is sometimes associated with the test and sometimes not i know for the 16 personality dot com um it is included uh, which is what i'm getting my notes from um but this is kind of around your identity and it's associated with your um first four letters and so assertive are i'll quote this exactly individuals are self-assured even-tempered and resistant to stress so kind of just having a confidence in yourself and your abilities and what you do and not trying to overextend or push yourself too much because you you have a natural understanding of your abilities versus turbulent is 
more, I'll read this one, individuals are self-conscious and sensitive to stress. They're likely to experience a wide range of emotions and to be success-driven, perfectionistic, and eager to improve. So much more um, kind of always trying to push themselves and break boundaries and kind of like be better than they what they were before is like one way you could perceive this. Uh, and yeah. Wow, that's great. Thank you for explaining all of those mm-hmm. to us and giving examples because I know that's the thing. Like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm F, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you use the two tests together or like how can you kind of use both results? Absolutely. So there's not, in, in my experience, there's not a lot of research behind working with Myers-Briggs and Clifton Strengths. I'm a part of a Facebook group where a lot of coaches around the world do like touch on these things. Like I recently ran into one where someone was curious about the Hogwarts houses and how they interacted with strengths, which that was really cool to see. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but I could see utilizing Myers-Briggs as kind of a lens to look at your strengths. Um, so for instance, one that you could probably readily identify as um, introversy and extroversion or introversion, extroversion, is uh, two strengths called relator versus woo. So relator is much more about forming deep relationships with people and kind of focusing on that deepening of the relationship versus woo, which is stands for win others over, is much more social, kind of like that first interaction, strangers or friends you haven't met yet. So in some situations, like a relator is most likely introverted, um, and a woo is most likely extroverted. Um, but that's not case in point for every single person. You could have relators who are extroverted who really enjoy spending time with that close group of friends and that really energizes them. Or introverted people who kind of in- enjoy meeting new people, but then they need to recharge afterwards. So kind of taking that lens and looking at like, okay, how would this strength work? Um with like gut feelings or looking at it from an objective sense or like planning and adapting. I'll, there are definitely a lot of overlaps that I could definitely see. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, especially the like how you could be a woo, but also introverted. Like mm-hmm. I definitely relate to that or even like the other ones. So why is it useful to do these tests? Like why should our listeners go and take those tests? Yeah, my I would say that... Myers-Briggs is probably the pretty common, um, and that's, like, one reason to take it is, like, if you take it, there will be people you can discuss about it with it, because um, I, I found a fact that 50, over 50 million people have already taken it, um, and there's power in having a common language when speaking with other people, because if, which I, I never uh, said what my uh, Myers-Briggs was, um, which I just retook it just so I could get more notes on this. And I got ESFP uh, with a lean towards assertive for that identity. Um, I could say that to someone and they could be like, oh, I understand you a little better because I know you have a tendency towards extroversion or you have a tendency towards observing your environment or making gut choices or being adaptable. Um, and then this kind of like promotes a chance for discussion and like seeing like oh like how does ESFP look for you and how do you or like where do you lie on the spectrums 
like for me, my extroversion and um, prospecting or perceiving um, are borderline. So I, I would probably readily identify as an ambivert, which is pertaining to both sides of the spectrum and similar for, for uh, judgment versus prospecting and perceiving. Um, and so that's, that's kind of why I think Myers-Briggs is really good is it's a very simple, simple, easy, and like free to do assessment. You can get like a professional one done that costs money, but like 16 personalities is a, is a great like step in the right direction. And it is marketed well. And like, they do have all the, like, here's all the personality types that you may know that share yours. Mm-hmm. Um, versus for Clifton Strengths, so that is one where you have to pay to take the assessment. Um, there are two versions. There's Clifton Strengths and then Clifton Strengths for students, as it started as a professional development tool in companies and teams, and then worked its way into schools, and that's where I've been able to work at it with students. Um, and I, so it is a twenty dollars to take the assessment. I believe, I might be wrong, but I, I believe that's pretty close. And I think Clifton Strengths goes a lot more in depth about how your behavior looks, and it also gives you action items on how to improve yourself. Because with the with Myers Briggs, it's kind of like here's your personality, here's probably how you think. It doesn't really tell you like how can you use this in your life, how can you use this to accomplish that goal you set last week, or how can you do this to like finish your major or like moving to a new place, how would you react to it? Versus Clifton Strengths really goes into that. It's like, here, you're like on a stepping stone and it's showing you like more stepping stones onto wherever you want to go. And yeah. That's awesome. I really like that um, about Clifton Strengths that they give you, like they tell you what like to do, like how to use your strengths to actually improve yourself. And Mm -hmm. like I, I took this like four or five years ago so I don't really remember what my actions were, but I remember like at that time, like I was like, okay, I can do this and this. And it did help me with like class and even like motivating myself to actually do my homework. So it's very helpful to take these tests. And I think Myers-Briggs is just so interesting. I love that mm-hmm. they like give examples of people because it makes it kind of fun to relate to popular, like famous people. And it's mm-hmm. a very like positive aspect, I think. Exactly. So how do you use your test results for like school or for work? Yeah. So I'll start with um, how I use it for work, actually, because that's kind of where my knowledge base comes from. Um, but my second semester of freshman year, I got hired with career services at CU Boulder to be a strengths coach. And this position changed a lot through my past three years because I'm a senior now. Uh, and I was actually a big component in changing uh, the position. And so now it looks it looks radically different to what it did before. But we're still working with the same assessment. But for what I for what I used to do is I started by learning all kind of like roughly like what what do Clifton Strengths mean? Kind of what do they all fall under? How does it look for students and like students at CU Boulder? And I would do presentations for classrooms. Uh, around this and so just kind of getting general awareness out to students and seeing how that looked Um, but I brought it up with my supervisor when I interned over the summer and I was kind of explaining like my my position is a coach but I'm not really coaching anyone Uh, because Gallup has you can get a certification through Gallup 
um, and like a great resource as well as like coaching.gallup. Uh, what was it? .com. And so they have certified coaches that kind of will often meet with someone one-on-one or in like a very small group, maybe like a team, and will like discuss through their strengths and like work on action items and work on like utilizing their strengths to achieve excellence. Um, and I brought that up with my supervisor. I'm like, I like either my position title needs to change or we need to focus on like, how can we actually get co- this coaching sort of service for students? Um, and so that's what I'm doing a lot now is I have helped to reinvent the position into being a one-on-one peer coaching position where I meet with students one-on-one. I talk with them through their strengths um, to get a really good in-depth understanding of them. Mm-hmm. And I move towards uh, like what action items or what's something that they can improve or change in their life around strengths and kind of like helping them figure out how they can use the strengths in their lives. Nice. That's awesome. Um, in regards to how I use it as in school, I, I, I really look at how I'll, I'll discuss an idea of raw versus mature, which is prevalent through the Clifton Strengths philosophy. And it's this idea of a, that you are always on a developmental journey with your strengths. Um, so raw is often this natural, um, instinctive behavior, um, that often might be more selfish oriented, but it doesn't have to be versus mature is much more like focused, direct, conscious effort towards achieving excellence. So even though you have a strength, you might be using it in a raw sense and that could actually be getting in your way. Uh To use an example, um, my number one strength, which is input, is so input for me, and I always say for me, because with strengths and with Myers-Briggs, it's much more, what do you take out of it? It's not trying to put you in a box and saying, oh, this is how you think, feel, and behave. No, it's like, what do you, what do you resonate with and how can you use that in your life? So input for me is um, I really like collecting information, um, and, and that information can look in a different ways. So one thing about me is I'm a president of a dance club, um, blues dancing specifically. And one of my favorite parts when I started learning how to dance is the lesson, because I found that valuable. I found that valuable information to take in and learn more. And when I'm like focused on that, then it becomes mature. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm getting useful information. But if I start finding, like I, I always use the example of a YouTube binge, is I'll be like, ooh, that seems interesting. I'll click on a video. And then three hours will go by and I haven't gotten anything done. And I'm like, so that's an example where it's like more getting in my way. And that's kind of where I've used it most as a student is kind of like figuring out like, okay, how can I actually be more focused in this situation? Um, How can I make sure that I'm in an environment where I won't get distracted or run into issues that cause me to like mess up assignments or like not be able to get work done? Mm Mm-hmm. I, I feel that because like, we both share input and mm-hmm. I definitely do that too. Or like if it's for school, sometimes, yes, I will like do research and then continue researching it, which is very helpful for my current like master's and job because mm-hmm. that input is a, definitely a strength. But then there's also days where like 
I don't want to research more into my work and I just start watching like YouTube videos mm -hmm. or um, keep researching things but that aren't related to school. Exactly. <laughs> it's so interesting. But as um, so, like I said, I've taken both of these tests, um, and for Clifton Strengths, I got Input, Adaptability, Achiever, Includer, and Positivity. And um, I think this means I'm really into relationship building, if I remember correctly. But Pat, can you give a little explanation as to what my strengths are? I mean, you already explained Input, but the other ones? Yeah. Uh, and so you did bring up a turn relationship building, which I can go into. So all 34 themes of Clifton Strengths are split into four different domains, um, which I'll briefly cover each of those just so we can understand what, what was relationship building mean outside of just the general impression. And so one of the... I'll, I'll start with relationship building. So this dom domain I like to view as having a really good understanding of human condition and kind of this idea of like working with people because you may like people and you like you like that kind of uh, aspect. People with strong relationship building strengths are often the glue that will keep a team together because it's kind of like helping to understand, uh, helping to maybe like mitigate conflict or helping to like keep the atmosphere in the room um, pleasant, those kind of mindsets. Uh, another one that's kind of associated with people is influencing. So I have, I have influencing with my maximizer and significance. And influencing is a lot about, I, I kind of define it as two ways. It's either bringing energy to something or making some kind of impact on people. So for example, um, I have one uh, which is maximizer, which is kind of like taking something that you already have and polishing it or improving it to be even better. So it's taking something that's already good, but how do I make it great? And so I really strive for that kind of quality. And one way that comes out is just this in my work with Clifton Strengths, because I see students are already like behaving in a way that is good. Um, but I want to make that impact. I want to bring the energy to the conversation and be like, hey, you can actually have a light, you can like pursue greatness by following strengths. And so that's kind of I, I lean into my maximizer when I want to really win someone over using woo terminology, when I want to impact someone or energize someone about quality. And I can even take that in like a team project. Like I'll explain like why I think quality is important and like help to influence others as to why that that comes up. Mm -hmm. Next is executing. Uh, so this I define it as kind of the worker bees of the four domains. Uh, they may work great if you give them instructions on how to complete a task, or they're they're often they strive towards doing work or completing things, and it can look different depending on the person. For example, uh, and you have achiever. Um, achievers are often associated with like a to do list because they may derive satisfaction from crossing something off on a to do list. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you may add something to your list just so you can cross it off. You're like, oh, I already cleaned my room and that was on my list. So I'll just put it on the list and then I just cross it off. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, you have a very strong energy and drive towards completing those tasks because like doing one thing gives you the energy to start doing the next thing. Uh, and lastly is strategic thinking. So this is where input falls under. And I split this one into three kind of categories. There's 
strengths that gather information. So this is kind of the the input, the the learner, um, the context. Um, there are strengths that process information, um, which I say is like intellectual, which is very much like taking a lot of time to deeply think over things or strategic or um, other examples. And then the last one is uh, producing information. So this is one where I think of like futuristic or ideation. So ideation is a fun one. It's kind of like just coming up with like brainstorming. Like they're great at brainstorming on the spot. They always have ideas on the top of their head and they're just kind of like always thinking about like, oh, how can I, what, that'd be cool if like this was done this way or like what would happen if this happened? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so going back to explaining your strengths. So you are, you have three of yours in relationship building. So that might mean you're more inclined towards that kind of human condition component I talked about earlier. Um, is that something that you agree with? Yeah, I can definitely see that. I hope it helps me with uh, being a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that, that brings up a good point in that um, some people are curious if strengths can help determine a future path. For example, if you had Wu, would you really want to work as a researcher who didn't talk to anyone? Like you just worked in the basement in the lab. And my impression is that um, strengths isn't really there to help you decide on a career path, but it can help you have a better understanding of yourself. And by having that better understanding of yourself, you can be like, is this something that I would want to be in, a role I would want to do? Mm -hmm. I like that, yeah, especially if you're someone that's like kind of debating between multiple mm -hmm. professions, like you could like maybe see each profession kind of in terms of strengths and like what you like and who you are and which one would fit your strengths better. Yeah, but just to stimulate a example of kind of what I might do in a coaching role with a student, um, I might ask you one, like, how do you view positivity? What resonates with you about positivity? Mm. I think I'm just a very positive person. And I just, mm -hmm. I like spreading positivity and just always smiling and always um, encouraging others. And I don't know, I feel like I'm a pretty happy person and I just like try and make other people happy spread the happiness you know yeah using that word of like spreading the happiness is a, is a great great way to view it um because that's uh one of my favorite examples in comparison of strengths is positivity versus empathy uh, both are relationship building strengths um and empathy is uh kind of you can view it as an emotional thermometer uh it's much more gauging a person's emotional like temperature like how are they feeling you just may with empathy you may have a natural understanding inclinations like you see someone you're like oh they i'm getting maybe like a sad temperature from them and like what what does that mean versus positivity i view as like an emotional thermostat you can raise like the emotions in a room by spreading that positivity by kind of like keeping everyone like engaged and enjoying themselves uh, and having that kind of effect because it's like no matter how they're feeling it's like they could always do with a bit more happiness in, in a sense mm -hmm. is that something you agree with yeah I agree with that and speaking of empathy actually I think that was like my like sixth strength you know when like you can mm -hmm. see the like other strengths and then see which ones were like almost to the top five but not quite there yeah so I feel like that helps my positivity too absolutely because you can use it to be like, oh, I can maybe sense that this person 
is having a rough day mm-hmm. um, and could use maybe some emotional encouragement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you bring up uh, another point that I wanted to touch on, which was in. So when you take the Clifton Strengths assessment, you are given your top five of the 34 themes. Um, the reason they do this instead of just giving you your list of 34 is because people would often look at their top five, look at the six through 10, and then they would jump to the bottom five. And they're like, oh, great, thank you. Now I have exactly what I need to work on to be a better person, which is being the bottom five. And the guy was like, no, that's not what we're trying to do. Um, it's more like looking at like, what are you doing while I'm pursuing that? And the reason why, the, why they went with five is they found that that was like the best number for people to remember, even like two to three of them. And that the amount of information that you can do just with your top five can give you like years of developmental work. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do, you are able to get access to your 34. It is behind, I say behind a paywall in that like you have to um, purchase the access um, similar to how you purchase the assessment. And it gives you your list of all 34, um, which I, having worked with the information a lot uh, is when I, I find it valuable because um, that's where I took it and I found self-assurance at my number six, which that was one I was like, I don't really know where this lies because there are times where I make it. It's a lot about making gut decisions. And there are times where I'm like, yeah, like when I decided on a school for college, I only applied to two places because I knew exactly where I wanted to go and I knew I could get into it Mm -hmm. um, with being CU Boulder. Um, But then there are times where I'm like, I don't feel as confident. And that might be my input wanting to get more information on the situation, like taking in, uh, taking in everything. Mm hmm. And yeah, that's cool. I, I like seeing all 34, but it is definitely I understand why it's only the top five. And I think that's a very good idea because sometimes you do like look at all of them and you're like, oh, man, this trait is at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. I feel like that could be distracting for like deve- when you want to develop on your strengths. Exactly. So going to the Myers-Briggs test, I got um, ENFJT. Um, and I did the 16personalities.com test. I don't really remember what these means. I know you kind of, you explained these a little bit mm-hmm. before, but can you explain these results or like these letters together? <laughs> yeah, I can, I can do my best. So we have, for you, we have extroversion, intuitive feeling and judging with turbulent um, as your identity. So the, the key ones I think to look into um, that I always like to start with are kind of the extroversion and then the judging to see like where uh, on the spectrum do you see yourself. Um, I think that's kind of like where you explain the results. That's where we can have a discussion. Um, so with like extroversion, do you see yourself as like a pure extrovert or do you have only certain situations where you are like driven towards um, like hanging out with or preferring those group activities? I feel like I'm not always 100% extroverted. Like, Mm -hmm. I definitely am extroverted and I like seeing people. And um, when I'm with people, I definitely, it it energizes me and I'm happy and like, Mm -hmm. I can um, get energy from other people. I don't know. But I, I do know that I'm also a little bit introverted where like on the weekends or like some days I just want to hang out alone and just kind of do a self-care day and just um, chill. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with uh, either of those behaviors. As a, another like follow-up question, 
do you get energized more by hanging out with people that you know or just being in social situations where there's just a lot of people? So I could equate this to hanging out with a small group of friends. Let's use a bar situation. So you're hanging out with a group of friends at a table for a bar or you're at like a at a party where there's just a lot of people going around and you might know like one or two individuals that you're close friends with, but you'll probably be talking with more people that you may don't know or you have mm-hmm. to like get to know more. Yeah, making new connections. That's hard. I think a little bit more when it's my friends because I, I don't know, I feel more comfortable. So I think that helps with like getting energized. But yeah. I do also like um, big social outings where like I might not know anyone and making new connections and finding out like new information on strangers. I do like that a lot too, which is actually interesting because I used to hate that, but <laughs> I, I've definitely changed. <laughs> Alcohol helps sometimes. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a great response. Um, because I can also relate with myself and that I also am, uh, get energy from hanging out with people that I know. And like if it's a group of friends, it doesn't matter like what situation I'm thrown in. I, I will always have a good time. But I tend to lean more on people I know in a situation where uh, there may be a lot of people I don't know. Um and if I have to do a event where I am talking with a lot of strangers, so I think like tabling for a club or for an office is a really good example. At the end of that, I do feel like very emotionally drained. Um, and so that's where I, because I, I definitely used to be much more introverted. And I've also like gotten more extroverted as I've um, gone through college. Um, and that could be some people's experience, but some people might like stay introverted or stay extroverted or they might switch. Cause I did one of my friends in Greeley, she started extroverted. Now she feels much more introverted. Like she gets tired from social situations a lot more than she used to. And so it's really mm-hmm. interesting to see how it changes. That is, that's crazy. And yeah, the, the, so the next one is the fourth letter, which is judging versus, um, I always say perceiving cause I think that's the actual word. <laughs> no you're the expert <laughs> i know okay it is perceiving from myers-briggs but it's prospecting from 16 personalities oh. um so i'll i'll say perceiving um just because that's the word i'm more familiar with mm-hmm. um so this one is where so going on the same spectrum idea is do you find yourself making a lot of plans or like to-do lists or like sticking to those so what what is the degree that you see that for yourself I definitely agree with the like being organized and like planning things out and mm-hmm. having a lot of lists. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of lists, but I also know like I, I do tend to be flexible. Like that adaptability factor from Clifton Strengths. Mm-hmm. I do try and stay flexible and like I can easily like if something changes, I can um change my plans and like I have no problem with just changing things at the last minute. Absolutely. And that's a good point of connecting it back to strengths is you do have adaptability and achiever, which is in in one sense, you could view it as perceiving versus judging. So having that that structure, um, but then also being able to be adaptable and like kind of going through um, one way to view adaptability is actually bringing calmness in chaotic situations. Uh, and so you can still use that by having a judging personality. Because you can still have a structure, but you're like, oh, if this 
if this plan doesn't go exactly how I planned it to go, then we can adapt. Versus some people can be much more like, if the plan doesn't go exactly, then I am stressed. I get, I struggle a lot. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Calmness into uh, chaos. I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll make that my new bio. Bringing calmness <laughs> into chaotic. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right. And then we have three more that we can touch on quickly. So we have the observant versus intuitive and thinking versus feeling. Um, so you have intuitive and feeling, um, which are, so that's kind of described as feeling, I think is like, uh, as I mentioned before, kind of that sensitive, emotionally expressive, maybe making more gut choices. Um, so like less thinking and more doing could be like one way it could be perceived. Um, and then intuitive is much more that like imaginative, open-minded, curious. So where do you see yourself for both of those? I could definitely see if like intuitive, like I definitely like to use um like my feelings and like like my um kind of gut reaction like i definitely follow my gut more than mm-hmm. um logic sometimes mm-hmm. i don't know i i think i like i'm pretty like definitely more closer to the n and the f versus like their other the opposite like side yeah so having stronger behaviors with that mm-hmm. i i'm similar these are when i retook it these were my stronger spectrums for me it was observant and feeling um, cause I, for me, I'm, I, I think one way lo- reading back through observant and intuitive is applying input to them could be very interesting because, uh, observant could be just like focusing on what's happening around you or focusing on the daily versus intuitive is like, what are the hidden meanings and future possibilities? Um, so you could apply like input as an example to both of those. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the last one is... Um, the identity, which is assertive versus turbulent. So this is something that's, I believe, only done through 16 personalities. Um, but I definitely think it's a, a interesting thing to think about. Um, I've leaned more on the turbulent side, so we can see what resonates with you there. Um, but reading through this again, it says self-conscious and sensitive to stress. So maybe experiencing a wider range of emotions to be success-driven, perfectionistic, and eager to improve. So are there aspects of that that you resonate with? Yeah. Wide range of emotions. <laughs> I feel like I can be emotional. Like, it depends on the situation. But I feel like I'm definitely closer to the turbulent versus assertive side. Like, I'm definitely, mm-hmm. I can be perfectionistic. And, like, I'm always um trying to improve myself, like, every day. But I, I also, like, I the resistant to stress part of the assertive, I feel like I'm more on that side. Mm. So, I'd say, like, I don't know, maybe 60, 70% turbulent. Yeah. And that's an important part with this is that they are spectrums and they are situational. And that there are times where you may identify on one side or the other. Because, like, for example, with, with Turbulent, like, I, even though I'm a, my main one is assertive, I am definitely, like, eager to improve. And uh, that's something I, I value. That's working with my maximizer and strengths. Like, how do I improve myself? How do I improve what I'm working on to be, to be even better? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to, like use all this new knowledge and apply it to my life (laughs) i'm glad to hear all right so the last question do you think one test is better than the other overall um i have a little difficulty answering this one um but i'll do my best because i'll kind of do a compare and contrast of them again and that with myers-briggs kind of looking as a level of depth into personality and behavior Myers-Briggs is kind of like dipping your feet into the pool. It, it goes through 16 different types that you could fall under, and has five of those spectrums that you could look into. And 
uh, and it doesn't really give you much information outside of just self-awareness and self-understanding yourself. Versus Clifton Strengths, I view as much more unique and much more in-depth. Where Myers-Briggs is dipping your feet into the pool, Clifton Strengths is probably like jumping into the pool. Like it's being surrounded by a lot of information um, that could do someone really good. And like looking at the uniqueness is if you take Myers-Briggs, you are going to be one of 16 types. So every, say roughly 16 people, if it's distributed equally, um, you'll, you'll likely meet someone with the same four uh, letters. Um, versus Clifton Strengths, if you want someone to have the same top five as you in the same exact order, because the order does reflect intensity of like how much you use it. So like input being my number one is when I took the assessment is my strongest behavior. But in order for someone to have the same top five in the same order, here it's one in 33 million. Uh, so there's a lot more, and that's just the same top five. If you look at the same top six, the same top seven, it gets to the point where like no one on earth will have the exact same 34 as you. Um, which I think is really cool. And, and it shows that there is a lot of, that they're, they're putting a lot of effort into like really looking at how are you as a person um, versus Meyer Briggs is kind of like, you're probably going to fall under like one of these 16 types and that's kind of like the type you are in. And like they're, they're I, I think there's value that can be brought from both. Because um, like Myers Briggs is like good, as I mentioned before, like a lot of people have taken it having that common language is really good. And if you're, if you maybe don't have the time, resources, or money to pursue Clifton Strengths, um, then Myers-Briggs is a great like starter. It's a great to be like, okay, I, I understand myself a little bit better, and I can talk about this with people. Versus Clifton Strengths, it, it is behind um, a, a paywall. It is much more in depth. There's a lot more like resources. There's a lot of things that you can uh, go into like one of my favorites is Theme Thursdays, which is under that website I mentioned earlier, which is coaching.gallup.com. Uh, for this, they do a podcast or YouTube video where they'll go through one theme for 40 minutes to 60 minutes. And they'll really go in depth with it. And they're on their fourth season of that. And for my job at Career Services, I watched two seasons. So I watched 64 videos and took notes. So that was 64 hours of my life. That have, or sorry, not 68 hours of my life, because there's 34, um, that have been just dedicated to strengths. And so I have a really strong understanding. But that's not feasible for every kind of person. Uh, in terms of which one do I perform more or have I gotten out of more, it's definitely been Clifton Strengths. I think it's because of that level of depth that I mentioned earlier. Like, I understand myself much better in, like, how do I interact with tasks? How do I interact with people? How do I interact with information? How do I in interact with influencing others? that going with those four domains that I understand myself so much better versus Meyer Briggs is like, here's kind of a general idea of how you're going to interact. And yeah, then I think that's, that covers it. Wow. That's great. I, I like that comparison a lot. Um, but for, for those who don't have the time to watch all the like end up videos and all that, this is why we have strengths coach like Patrick. Mm -hmm. So exactly. if um, you guys take the test and you want to know a bit more, you can contact us and we'll also be leaving Patrick's socials in the description if you want to contact him. Yeah, absolutely willing to talk about any of this. It's I, I find it very fascinating. 
and I love talking to people because everyone, every person I've talked to has been different. Um, there have been similarities, but like, it's, it's just been so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love that too. It's so cool. Like, I'll just go up to people now and be like, so what's your uh, personality type or <laughs> what's your Clifton strengths, homie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we have for you ramblers tonight. Thank you so much for listening and a huge, huge thank you to Patrick for coming on as a guest. Although at this point, you're basically one of us, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear. <laughs> we'll, we'll add you to the website under uh, the about us part. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, make sure to check out Bailey's blog post from Monday on using strengths in the workplace. And then make sure to look out for mine tomorrow on using strengths at school, especially grad school, since that's what I'm in right now. Make sure to check out Patrick's blog, too, on strengths. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of go over everything I touched on in, in this podcast as well, some other things as well. Mm-hmm. That is great. And it should be already up when you guys listen to this, so please go check it out. And until next time, ramble on!